0: On happy Monday, and welcome to Chatterbox Reds. My name is Nick Kirby. Chatterbox Reds is your daily home for live post-game shows after every Reds game on YouTube and podcasts like you're listening to right now. Always available bright and early the morning after every Reds game. We are presented as always by Betfred Sportsbook. Well, coming up on today's show, myself and Clay Snowden broke down Sunday's game. I'll recap all the Reds minor league action and preview the Reds big series starting tonight against the Miami Marlins. But first, here's what happened on Sunday at Great American Ballpark. In the top of the first, C.J. Abrams ambushed Lyon Richardson in his big league debut as he hit Richardson's first pitch of his career, a 96-mile-hour fastball up in the zone, 402 feet into the sun moon deck. The next batter... On the next pitch, Lane Thomas also ambushed a 97-mile-an-hour fastball up and away. He hit it 406 to straightaway center field, and just like that, it was 2-0. From the Elias Sports Bureau, in the pitch count era, that's since 1999, Lion Richardson was the first major league pitcher to allow home runs on each of his first two career pitches. And just how difficult is pitching in the big leagues? Richardson only gave up a total of two home runs this entire season in the minors. Lyon, pretty understandably, was a little hesitant against the next batter, uh, and he walked Joey Manessis. The walk was on a 3-2 pitch that StatCast said should have been a strike, although it was very much within any reasonable margin of error. Lyon then gave up a weak single to Kiebert Ruiz. Then Dom Smith hit a weak grounder to Joey Votto. Votto was able to get the first out at first base, but that did move the runners up to second and third. Then Lyon gave up another weak single, this one to Jake Alou, that just snuck through the drawn-in infield to make it 4-0. And just how is things going for the Reds? Well, that single had an expected batting average of .50. Lyon did settle down pretty nicely after that, and he was able to get through three innings. He didn't allow another run or even another hit. In the bottom of the second, the Reds did fight back. Joey Votto hit a solo home run. It was just 357 feet to left field. Ball kind of carried out, and it was 4 to 1. Home run number 12 on the season for Votto. He only had 11 all of last season. Then Tyler Stevenson and Will Benson drew walks, and Stuart Fairchild had a really great at bat. He fell behind 0 2 in the count, but then he ripped a 3 2 pitch at 103 off the bat to make it 4 2. Bottom of third, things really started looking good for the Reds. TJ Friedel homered for a second straight day. This one at 104.7 off the bat, 386 feet into right field, and that made it 4-3. But in the top of the first, Reds started their parade of relievers, and Buck Farmer gave up a run, and it was 5-3. From that point on, the game did stall. The Reds' offense went cold, but the Reds did get some good pitching performances from the bullpen. Sam Mole retired all five batters that he faced, striking out two. But Fernando Cruz was the uh, best of the bunch. Fernando Cruz struck out five batters. Alex Young got hurt after only retiring one batter in the eighth. That prompted Lucas Sims to come in earlier than expected. He gave up a run, and it was 6-3 Nats. Fortunately, the Reds couldn't get anything else going. They did bring the tying run to the plate in the bottom of the ninth, and it was Stuart Fairchild. But he had a ball to the warning track to end the game. Reds have now lost six straight games, that ties their season-long losing streak, which they've now done twice this season. And here's what Reds manager David Bell had to say on another loss for the Reds.
1: Uh, Lion got ambushed there, first inning. Uh, what did you see from your standpoint? Obviously, he settled in a little bit after that. He sure sure did. I mean, that that uh, you don't see that very often, and. Um, I thought you know in the end I mean it's an unfortunate way to start the game and your major league career but he's, he has a long one ahead of him and just the way he was able to really just keep pitching and hold it together and uh, get, get through the three innings was you know really says a lot about Lyon I mean it's a tough way to start I mean you get off to a rough start like that in your debut we've seen guys just like you know back away and we know that about Lyon but I thought that he really was given an opportunity right there to demonstrate who he is and why he's going to be so good here. You've got a few other six game losing streaks and you rebounded from those earlier this season. The way this one unfolded, would this be the its lowest moment or the hardest hurdle to get over right now? You know, we're 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 playing to uh, we're to, to be there in the end of this thing. We're not playing for for one week. We're not planning for two or three days. Having said that, every single game matters an incredible amount to, to each and every uh, person on our team. Um, but we we have to continue to to keep it in perspective and, and do what we do and come out and play hard and, and fight through it. So. Um, very confident that we'll continue to do that and you know we've we've done it before which gives us some confidence you know have a young team have gone through a few of these stretches before know how to do it um but the most important thing is just continuing to stay together and um stay with it you know every single day so that that'll be our approach offensively you guys haven't had that breakout game of late mm-hmm. um is it You've guys press, you seeing just the way a season unfolds where guys just kind of hit a bad stretch all at once, so what are you seeing? I think you said a lot of it. I mean, it, there's a lot of different factors. You can't always, you know, there's not one reason. Um, it's, a, it, it, it's almost always, and in this case I believe it is, there's, there's a lot of reasons. We've had a tough time winning the last six days. Let's not make it more than that. Let's continue to, to stay positive and stay together and keep working at it and, and, and play, come out and play hard and have fun together. I mean, that that's the only way to do it, and, you know, our, our players know that that's what we need to do.
0: And here's starting pitcher Lyon Richardson on his big league debut.
1: I see you got uh, ambushed a little bit there. What was the uh, was the pitches you'd like to have over, or
2: how, how would you assess it? I didn't think I made that bad of a pitch. I might have missed a little bit more middle than I wanted to. Um, I think he was just ready for a heater and hit it. Um, I don't think I'd redo it. No. Were you happy with the way you kind of settled in after you got through the first two? Yeah, I definitely think... Coming back off that first inning, my goal was to then dial it back in and try to get a few outs. Yeah. Anything to build on there going forward? Um. No, I think just keep attacking and um, doing my thing, and it'll get better. Is there a level of nervousness or anything like that? Is you were getting ready to, to, to throw your first few pitches? There's always nerves, but I uh, I do a pretty good job managing it. And it was just, it wasn't necessarily the nerves that got the pitches hit. It was me. Um, so, no, it, it was good. I was all right.
1: And then, what, what do you tell yourself after the first pitch and then after the second pitch?
2: It's nothing you can really tell yourself besides go to the third. Mm-hmm. Um, just the next pitch, keep attacking. And... I feel like, you know, like after that, you are the guy, and then it's a broken bat. Yep. So it was the pitch you want,
1: yep. and it's just like that kind of day that it flares into there and then throwing in Enfield okay. another one. It just seemed like after today at, at that point.
2: Those are going to happen. Uh, I made the pitch that I wanted to make, and if he hits the pitch I want to make, then that's good for him. I, there's nothing else I can do. Um, but, yeah, those happened.
0: The Reds did get some help as the Brewers, Marlins, Diamondbacks, and Giants all lost but the Cubs and Phillies won. So that means the Reds remain one and a half back in the NL Central, but they've now got company as they are tied with the Cubs. The Cubs are technically percentage points ahead because they played two less games, but the Reds do actually hold the tiebreaker at the moment over the Cubs because the Reds are five and four against them. The Reds are also tied with the Cubs for the final NL wild card spot, with the Marlins a half game back and the Diamondbacks a game and a half back. Reds are three back of the Phillies and Giants who hold wild card spots number one and two. All right. Well, here is myself and Clay discussing Sunday's loss for the Reds. All right. Nick Kirby, Clay Snowden here. Chatterbox Reds live post game. We do this after all 162 games, and uh, it's been a tough week for our beloved Cincinnati Reds. But I'm Joe with my friend, Clay Stone, and we'll try to have the best time that we possibly can. Clay, how you doing, buddy?
3: Not good. Not good. This has been a bad stretch of Reds baseball, and what would have been a great weekend now is just sour.
0: Yeah, you know, no question about it. We were uh, looking at the Nats as a team. Uh, Hey, maybe you can sweep them. Uh, You know, definitely hoping you take three of three and uh, end up getting swept, so... Clay, let's start off with this. Where are we at with the Cincinnati Reds right now? Yeah, I mean, it's
3: just a pathetic weekend overall. You can't drop like you did in Chicago, come home to the Washington Nationals. Half the players that you've read off in these box score recaps from Washington the past three days are players that nobody knows. Players that you may have heard their name before. Jacob Lou, Jacob Lou, like players like this, you just cannot drop three straight games and get swept by the Nationals. Yesterday you had nobody pitching for Washington and he handled the Reds. And then you come in today and it's just more of the same. It's bad. It's been bad all weekend. Um, You know, it's, it's looking like one of the low points of the season and there's still time to turn it around, but we can't continue to keep saying that time and time again um, it's games like this today. Like you just have to find a way to steal this. You have your, you know, debut pitcher today coming up, getting hit pretty hard in that first inning, you know, two back-to-back home runs. You got to find a way to scrap back and win. You just have to. And the bullpen pitched decent enough, um, to win the game, but it just didn't happen. And it's just, I just feel like I keep saying that about the Reds the past week or so.
0: Start off with Lion Richardson. Um, obviously, this is uh, a tough spot for him. I mean, a guy that started the year in Daytona, um, but he worked his tail off all year, pitched well at every single level. Uh, obviously, the first two pitches, just as is, is brutal as you could. Um, I think it was a good job by the Nationals Scouting Department uh, to be ready for that. Uh, he did settle in pretty well after that. Uh, I thought he pitched really well after that. Uh, the other two runs, I mean, that was just pretty pretty brutal luck, to be honest. Um, he did walk three batters. Um, but overall, I thought it was a, overwhel- overall a fairly positive outing from Richardson. I definitely would like to see him given another shot, especially since you could use him on Friday after a day off against the Pirates. Where are you at on Richardson?
3: I thought he was o- okay at best. I mean, he gave up two home runs, like not the end of the world, whatever, you know, first time pitching. But three walks and only two whiffs all day is not – like two whiffs is just not going to cut it. Um, as unlucky as he got at times, he also got lucky at times. And when you're not causing any swing and misses, I think that there was 28 swings and only two times the batter missed. And you can't be walking guys like, you know, Alex Call or, you know, wh- whoever this is. Like I get it's your first outing. I know he's really talented. I love what I've seen in the minors when I watch him, and I do want him to continue to make starts, but I also don't think that it's like this moment of praise for him, and we can't just eliminate the bad stuff like because that did happen, and they did fall down early because of it. Signs of promise to an extent. Want to see him start more, but you can't be giving up back-to-back home runs you can't be walking three batters and you're gonna have to find some more swing and miss, which I do think will come over time.
0: yeah, it was surprising to see him, you know, only have those two whiffs, like you said, a guy that has just struck out a ton of batters in the minor leagues um all year long. Um, that that was a little bit surprising to me. i I thought there would be maybe a little bit more of that. Um, I, I think he was also maybe a little hesitant after the, the first two batters hit pitches that weren't I mean, they weren't terrible pitches. It wasn't like they were, you know, fastballs right down the middle of the plate. The first one, especially, I CJ Abrams, you, you wouldn't expect to just come out first pitch and, and uh really just crush one out. Yeah, so, that
3: one shocked me. Yeah. Yeah,
0: that I, I was as shell shocked as uh as Lion and that was like, oh man, what is going on here? But um Yeah, we'll see. I know everyone now is is Connor Phillips, Connor Phillips. Connor Phillips was scratched today. I don't have any other information on why he was scratched today. Uh, Christian Roa ended up pitching. I don't know if it was just giving him some extra rest. I don't know if he's taking over for Luke Weaver on um, Tuesday. You know, I would with Connor Phillips. Uh, I wouldn't be against the Reds calling him up by any means, but I would caution people. He's walking over six batters per nine innings at AAA. So, Lion Richardson wasn't walking anyone. And uh, you saw him struggle a little bit with walks. Uh, Connor Phillips has been awesome, but there's no guarantee that he's going to come up and just have that Andrew Rabbit success. That's not normal. Um, so, could he help? Maybe. Could he absolutely struggle and not make it through two innings? It's also very possible as well.
3: Yeah. And we talked about this on Thursday. Like, this is part of, you know, when you don't acquire the, a starting pitcher at the deadline you're going to have to potentially rely on these rookies more. And I'm not saying one's better than the other. or One strategy is going to work better than the other. Like, you know, we could debate that all day. But Connor Phillips is not coming up and saving the season for the Reds. It's just not going to happen. He's a really talented prospect. He is not a really talented established major league starter yet. So this idea that you can just call him up and he's going to have a you know, three two five ERA and help the Reds get to the postseason. Like, yeah, it's possible, but it's far from likely. And I think that if he were to be called up, it, you know, it's exciting to watch and follow. And, you know, it's something more interesting than Luke Weaver. And I think he's better than Luke Weaver. But I just don't think that it's the same as, you know, adding like, you know, how, how, how people like to say like, oh, getting Hunter Green back is the trade deadline move that the Reds need. Like it's, I don't want to, insert Connor Phillips' name in that type of a sentence.
0: All right. A Couple couple things we wanted to get into today. The first is uh one of the the predominant things is uh well, the Reds because they didn't go out and get some of the trade deadline the team felt they gave up on them and that is why they have struggled. I think that narrative is completely garbage. I don't find that to have any merit at all. Um the Angels went out and bought everyone they were 0-5. Marlins they had a nice nice trade deadline I think they're over or one, mm-hmm. one in five. I, I just, I guess if, if you, if you thought that the Reds needed to go out and for sure, get a starter and, you know, at all costs, no matter what it meant prospect wise, it's a, it's a great, easy narrative to, to use right now. It fits what you're trying to sell, but I don't think there's any merit to it. These are all players that are, are fighting for their big league lives or trying to establish themselves as big leaguers. Like, Winning is nice, but these guys are all trying to earn big league contracts, almost everyone on the roster. So I just don't don't see how, oh, it's because of that, that that's killing the vibes. I do not buy that narrative at all.
3: Yeah, and sometimes you just want to move for a move to have something to react to. And, um, you know, the one move that the Reds made has turned out to be very good so far. I said it on Thursday. I'll say it again. I was on train for wanting to add a starter. How much of a difference would it actually make? Who knows? It's impossible to say. We can sit here and argue about it all day long. It doesn't make any sense to do so. You have what you have the rest of the year. You're not going to be making any trades. There's no automatic call-up that's going to flip this team switch like Ellie De La Cruz, like Matt McClain. There's not that level of impact prospect that seems ready enough to do that in my eyes. So you have what you have right now. You have a crappy division. You have the Reds playing bad baseball. You have the Cubs on a heater and you have the Brewers who are probably the most established, safest bet of those teams. So it's just going to come down to, can the Reds find lightning in a bottle again? And, you know, it's, it's probably not a great chance that they're going to like, have a June like they did but we've seen it from this exact same team before so it's not impossible people saying the season's over the season's over you don't get a prize for claiming the season is over early it doesn't make you look cool or anything I get that we're all emotional but saying the season is over is is ridiculous there's a ton of season left right now is a miserable point in that season but there's no reason to claim that it's over right now because doing so doesn't do anything for you at all. You might as well just wait until they're officially eliminated before you do so.
0: I was told the season was over in February. So uh, I feel like it's been every couple of weeks. It's the season's over. So maybe it is, maybe it's not, but (laughs) we've, I've been hearing it all year. So uh, I don't know about that. Uh, the Marlins did lose. So the Reds are still tied for a playoff spot. Um, Reds are playing terrible, but uh, fortunately for the Reds, as bad as this week has been, could have been a lot worse. You could have had the Marlins play well uh, against an American League team and uh, have passed you be two games ahead of you right now. Brewers lost again. You could be buried in the NL Central if the Brewers would have swept the Pirates like a lot of people probably thought was a possibility. So, yeah, I mean, the Reds have been given an opportunity to hang in this race despite playing a absolutely terrible week of baseball. Um, and this is the Reds' third six game losing streak of the season, so we've been through this. This isn't the first time they've lost six in a row, may not even be the last time they lose six in a row. Um, this has been in a streaky team all year long, and a lot of that is you have a very, very young team. I do think this team is in some ways exhausted with all these rookies. Um, I, I said that yesterday. They got three off days coming up. I think that is incredibly needed. These are all players; almost the entire lineup is full of players that have never played a 162 game season. And and I think John Sadak really said it during the broadcast. There was one really good rally where you had Benson and Stevenson walk. Then Fairchild had that really good at bat where you know he he grinded out and hit that three two pitch for a single. And, and Sadak brought up the point of when the Reds are at their best they are grinding down the other team. Uh, and they did do some of that today. They actually did get a pitcher out for the first time, and it feels like forever um, before he made it through five innings. And that's really been when the Reds have been at their best this year. They are grinding out the other team. And Sadek said it's felt like it's been the opposite of late. It feels like the other team's been grinding down the Reds. And I, I think he couldn't have said it any better than that. That's what it feels like. The Reds need to get back to that. Um, uh Good good follow. Matt Wilkes pointed out uh just a minute ago on Twitter um about how how the Reds uh walk rate is significantly down in the second half. Yeah. Um and, and I think that's what this team has to kind of get back to is that absolute just grind out every at bat. Um and and I think there's just hasn't been enough of that lately. Some of that was playing the Brewers so many times in a row with their good pitching that yeah. just found ways to dominate the Reds. And I feel like it's kind of They haven't recovered yet from that.
3: And they're they're pressing. When you start to struggle, um, it started with that Brewer series, and then you start to struggle. You try harder and harder to make things work that, you know, you see a fastball up in the zone that might be an inch or two out of the zone, but you like high fastballs, so you cheat a little bit trying to get out in front of it and get a cheap hit because you haven't had a hit in three days, and it just doesn't pan out. You're not taking walks. You're not getting on base. You're not moving Runners over. The Reds aren't stealing bases like we saw at one point in time. I don't think Ellie has Ellie stolen a base in two weeks or something, three weeks, whatever it was. Like we're not seeing them run at the same rate. Like the small ball reds that were all grown to love, it's just not there right now. It's just not clicking right now. It doesn't mean it can't. Doesn't mean the season's over. It just means that they have to get back to the fun the fundamentals of this lineup and maybe that's a lineup shake up a little bit maybe it's time for that hell you just lost what six in a row I think it's okay to change the lineup some I think it's okay to change the batting order some you want to move Ellie around you want to try Matt McLean somewhere else whatever it is to spark the lineup that happens on Tuesday when India comes back shake the lineup up shake the batting order up try something different because it's just not working right now
0: yeah, I mean they did that um, after the the Brewers skid, right? They they switched, they moved Ellie the leadoff spot. Um, that did result in the Reds winning five in a row at one point. I mean, I, I don't think that's a cause and effect thing. I, I think more often than not, that, that's probably just positive regression as opposed to some some negative regression. But I'm I'm not against it. I'd have no issue with that. India would be a convenient time. him coming back to switch it up. Um, I, I don't think it moves the needle much, but it, it's worth the shot. Maybe you put guys in different spots. And like you said, as opposed to it, maybe, maybe saying, well, this guy's a better hitter. Him hitting here makes as all these runs. That's not really a thing. I don't think, but maybe you put guys in different spots and it makes them more comfortable. It stops the pressing. That could be a valuable thing. Like
3: you maybe said. it's just a, different thing. Yeah. Like the other day I'm sitting at my office and after 2 years of my office being the way it was, I just decided to move my desk. I decided to move my chair. I needed a new perspective and I swear I felt much better. Like I was like, "Oh man, this is awesome. This is, you know, it's just it's something different to change routine, to get you out of your certain way of doing things, your certain routines." And maybe that sounds stupid. Maybe that's just like too much of a mental thing, I don't know, but Um, you know, it's, I'm willing to try something, especially with Ellie right now. I mean, I know that he hit a home run on Friday or whenever that was, but um, there's no doubt that he's he's struggling to an extent. I think he's still a very good player and one of the more valuable players on the team, but he is, you know, struggling. And I I know that we have a question about it.
0: Yeah. Question from Matt Golden. Appreciate Matt uh, with the super chat. Uh, Ellie's fighting off pitches in the other batter's box swing at gifted balls. Do you feel like Ellie is going to gain any pitch recognition at all?
3: I think the pitch recognition comes a lot from the minors where if they are aiming, especially low in the zone, sometimes they miss the spots and he could cheat on those pitches and still be successful. Low in the zone that we've seen him striking out with In the majors, is a different game. That ball is dropping more, it's moving more, and they're not missing their spots as often as they do in the minors. It's just he's 21 years old. He's going to need time to adjust. The issue is if he never does adjust, then you have a Javi Baez. You know what I mean? He's just swinging too much. Most players do adjust to an extent. Usually when you strike out a lot, there's a high chase rate, yeah, but there's also a lot of swinging and missing in the zone and for ellie i think a lot of it has more to do with just thinking too much about pitch recognition and trying to find a fastball like he he seems a little bit uncomfortable right now and he's always gonna have swing and miss to his game so that's why the pitch recognition and laying off pitches outside of the zone is going to be really important for him if he's gonna get a k rate that's at least you know manageable
0: yeah, he did have one one good at bat in this game. Um, it was the third time he had faced Jake Irvin, so you know maybe it was something after seeing a pitcher for a third time did have some success at an eight pitch at bat. Um, ripped, a, a single, a ball, ripped a single, a curveball, ripped a single, ninety eight point four miles an hour for a single. Um, so that was good to see. Um, I, I do think there has been some progress with Ellie. Uh, I know there was a the rolling. Expected weighted on base average that our friend Resin Four um, passed along on 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 Twitter the other day. Um, I think there's been some progress. Look, I just think it's going to be an up and down season for Ellie De La Cruz. Uh, I think at some point though he's going to put the Reds on his back, and uh, we're all going to be like, it, it's going to. I feel like with Ellie, when it does like kind of click for him, it's going to feel so like simple. I, I don't think it's going to be this big. Oh man, he made this huge change. I just think it's going to just happen. I do feel like at times he might be guessing a little bit too much Mm -hmm. As you see him taking a lot of strike threes or even, you know, strike one or two just taking a lot of pitches. And you're like, why did he take that pitch? And and the only thing that makes sense is that he guessed wrong.
3: Yeah. And sometimes it looks like he's trying too hard to hit the ball out of the ballpark with his cuts. Um, A simpler swing may help him try to just, you know, foul some pitches off and, stay alive and work the count and maybe he ends up finding a mistake pitch or a pitch that's easier for him to handle but at times those cuts are just a bit long
0: yeah let's talk about something a little more positive tj friedel another nice night two for four hit a home run in his second straight game now 10 home runs 20 stolen bases uh, if there was one positive right now in the Reds offense, it's uh, it's TJ Friedel really starting to look like the TJ Friedel we saw in April, May, and June, and not the TJ Friedel that we saw in July.
3: Yeah, he's, he's looking a little bit better here. And um, the fact that TJ Friedel can be a 10 to 15 home run type player for you really helps his value. Because if he's less than 10, you need him, need him. To bat above 290 to really be a everyday type player, but he's adding enough pop, stolen bases, plays a good enough center field that like, I I know that there's some discussion about him being like the long term center fielder after he struggled for like a week or two, and Nick tweeted out his OPS like every month since he got recalled last year, and it's it's very good, so I I think that he has a place on this roster long term, and him just finding his stride again this season could really help especially with the the rookies who may be struggling a little bit
0: let's talk about something else a little shift gears a little bit uh, I saw a lot of about David Bell David Bell since the extension again I think that's about the same as the uh uh the, the no trade deadline I don't think that means anything um I, I thought David Bell had a terrible game on Friday. I was very critical of of his decisions on Friday. Uh, I think overall, David Bell has done a good job. Again, I mean, does David Bell not get any credit for taking a team that was supposed to win 65 games and having them at 59 wins on August 6th? Does he not get any credit for that? Does he not get any credit for all these rookies coming up and having some success and being comfortable and all those kind of things? I, I, I just, I feel like David Bell never gets any credit from the crowd that hates him when the reds have success and gets piled on when, when there's a week like this.
3: Yeah. I, first of all, I think that like managers in baseball play the least factor of any like head coach in sports. And at the end of the day, like you said, like David Bell probably doesn't have like a huge factor in how many total wins this team has. It has so much more to do with the players than the manager. And I think that you said it perfectly where he doesn't get any credit. He only gets crapped on really. And to me, it's, I think he's fine. Like, I don't think that he's anything special at all. I think he is the ultimate replacement level manager. There's very few times where I say, wow, that was extremely smart. And there's a lot of times that I also say, wow, that was really dumb. And you know, will Benson not being able to pinch hit because he pinch ran the other day. And, stuff like that is that's a little bit confusing to me but at the end of the day like I think that there's worse managers than him and I think that there's better managers than him I just don't really understand the echo chamber of yelling about him every game
0: I, I honestly feel like most people that don't like David Bell are probably gonna like not like any manager for the Reds uh I, I also don't think there's a lot of managers across baseball that are necessarily universally loved by their fan base. Right. I mean, you're, you're a guy who follows a lot of teams. Uh, I, I know Dodgers who have had as much success yeah. as any team in baseball. They all hate Dave Roberts. Yeah. Everybody
3: um, hates the manager. Everybody hates the manager because everybody sees the vision after the moves. Oh, why did you bring in the lefty? He gave up that home run. well, because it was a lefty-on-lefty matchup, you know, whatever it may be. There's just so much to do with managers, and everyone hates them. I mean, you can go to any account, start following fan accounts for other other teams, and you will see that about every single manager.
0: All right. Two relievers that pitched really well today deserve a shout-out. Fernando Cruz, how about him striking out? All five outs that he got were strikeouts. Fernando Cruz, when he's good, he looks really, really good. When when he's bad, he looks really, really bad. Um, Overall, though, with the expectation level for Fernando Cruz, um, I think he's pitched really well, especially after kind of a slower start this year. I think he's been a pretty reliable pitcher, especially when he's like the fourth or fifth best option. Yeah, he's fine. He's
3: fine. He can be your last guy in the bullpen. Like you said, when he's good, he's really good, but there's often times when he doesn't have it. And that's the volatility of many bullpen options. I think he's just perfectly fine. Like I don't necessarily want him going forward like next year or anything. I think that if you can upgrade and get a really, really strong bullpen, that's going to help, especially with how many rookie or first year and young pitchers you will have in the rotation.
0: Super chat from A. Willis. Appreciate you. Those Brewers games where they got rung up on every single borderline pitch, changed the Reds' approach, and they've never recovered. Yeah, I mean, we talked about that a little bit. You know, I think the Brewers did deserve a lot of credit for their framing. Um, That is a skill, Um, so I think they deserve some credit for that. Um, I do think that that, that there's some validity to that. I I think that was definitely a reason why the Reds struggled against the Brewers, and it could have had some, some effect after that kind of at the point of the season now where you got to put that in the rearview mirror and find a way to get past it, though, um, because it there's nothing you can do about it now. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, there's just, you, you've got to find a way to move past that. Uh, other guy in the bullpen, Sam Mole, Man, he's looked like an absolutely great addition. Uh, pitched uh, perfect, ending in two-thirds, struck out two batters. Uh, I don't think he's given up an earned run so far for the Reds. Uh, he looks like an absolute weapon for the Reds, and um, with Alex Young going yeah. down, probably going on the I.L., it's very rare you see a, a pitcher not get not get through the three batter minimum and not go on the I.L. So Daniel Duarte, who probably just got to Louisville, probably get turned right back around and get an opportunity to come back up because he's replacing an injured player. doesn't have to wait 15 days, but uh, Sam Mole has looked really good.
3: Yeah, he has, and he's going to have to play a huge role now with Young being potentially out. We don't really know, or at least I don't. I don't know if you've seen anything since the end of the game. I imagine there's no announcement. But if he's now the primary and only lefty out of the bullpen, man, he's going to get tons of work. So that may look like a trade that ends up being a a good trade. Uh, Joe Boyle ended up striking out eight in his first outing in low A. I believe it was low A or high A in Oakland system. Um, good for him, you know, wish him nothing but the best, but Sam Moles looking like a great addition. I guess Duarte is the one to come up. That makes the most sense. He's been pitching pretty well and he just had options is really why he got sent down. But man, I w- I, I like the two lefties in the bullpen. I'd like to get another one, but there's just slim pickings.
0: Yeah. I mean, Alex Young wasn't necessarily a true lefty. Um, because he he did kind of have some reverse splits where Sam Mole is a is a bona fide lefty that 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 mm-hmm. can get um um you know left-handed batters out, but we'll see. All right, let's talk about the uh, uh, Clay. You got any other final parting thoughts about this series other than just um you know you better turn it, it around.
3: around. Not not you, but they better turn it around quickly. Yeah, you're not gonna you you're not
0: gonna you're not gonna keep getting help like this for very long.
3: Yeah, and you can't afford to fall too far back with a team that's full of rookies and a team that hasn't really been there before and a team that's um, playing the most games. Like, a lot of these players have not played this many games in their life. Like, you got to stack wins when you can, especially against teams like the Nationals, but they just didn't. So now you've got to play a little bit from behind, but there's still time to do it. It's still possible. Until they're officially eliminated, it's, it's okay to say – the Reds are still in it.
0: And I mean, I guess this is really glass full, but this isn't like 2021 where it happened at the end of the year. Like at least it's the the stretch is happening right now where you, Mm -hmm. you know, do have some, some time to recover from it. All right, let's get you caught up on all the Reds minor league action from Sunday. Start off with triple a, the Louisville bats. They won five, four over Omaha off a walk-off single from Johnny Parada And the Louisville Bats, a six-game sweep over Omaha, now 59-47 and on the season. The Bats have a one-game lead in the International League West Division. Christian Roa got the start for Connor Phillips, who was originally scheduled to start. No word on why Phillips was scratched. We'll leave that to speculating, but Roa pitched uh, pretty well other than some walks. Five innings pitched, only allowed one hit and one run. Did walk five, but struck out six. Casey Legomina continuing his rehab stint through a scoreless inning. Uh, He did allow two hits, but no walks and struck out a batter. Noelvi Marte was only used as a pinch runner in this game. Didn't get in at bat. And Jose Barrera was 0 for 3. Double-A, the Chattanooga Lookouts, they lost 6-3 to Tennessee. Lookouts now 53-48 on the year. Reese Hines stayed hot. He was 2 for 3 with a walk. Uh, Blake Dunn was 0-3 with a walk, but Blake Dunn was hitting the head on Saturday, so it was great to see him back in the lineup. And all appears well with Blake Dunn, who's having an incredible season. All right, to high A, the Dayton Dragons, they won 7-2 over Beloit. Dragons now 53-49 and on the season, and the Dragons are tied for first place in the Midwest League East Division with Fort Wayne. Edwin Arroyo got the day off, but Austin Hendrick... He had his ninth home run of the year, also walked. The home run was an absolute bomb. Down to low A, the Daytona Tortugas. They won 5 4 in 10 innings on a Sal Stewart walk off walk as they defeated St. Lucie. Tortugas has been a rough season, but they are now 44 and 55 on the year. Victor Costa was on base five times in this game. One of those was a double. Cam Collier was one for four with a double. All right, Reds, huge series against the Marlins starting on Monday night. Marlins come in 58-55. They've lost four straight. Your matchups for the series uh, tonight, it'll be Brandon Williamson against Yuri Perez. More on that in a moment. Tuesday, scheduled to be Luke Weaver versus Braxton Garrett. And then Wednesday, Graham Ashcraft against our old friend Johnny Cueto. Well, as I mentioned, big series because the Marlins are a half game behind the Reds and the Cubs for that last NO wildcard spot, Marlins, they've got a run differential of minus 37 this season. Marlins are just 5-16 and 16 since the All-Star break, so they're actually probably struggling more than the Reds at this point. Marlins were swept over the weekend by the Rangers. They were outscored 21-10 to over the three games, and they allowed 10 home runs. Marlins were very active at the trade deadline. They acquired their new closer, David Robertson, from the Mets. Slugger Jake Berger from the White Sox, uh, left-handed pitcher Ryan Weathers, son of David Weathers from the Padres, and first baseman Josh Bell from the Guardians. Marlins are just twenty-four and thirty-one on the road this season. They've been much better at home. Hopefully, the Reds can capitalize on that. Marlins are also just twenty-six and thirty-five against teams that are over five hundred. Meanwhile, the Reds are thirty-four and thirty-five. Marlins have been really, really good in one-run games. They are 24-10, and they are 6-2 in extra inning games this year. But the Marlins' offense, they're really struggling. They have got a lot of additions here uh, at the trade deadline, so we we'll have to see how they'll all uh, work out. But their offense is tied with the Oakland A's for the fewest runs scored in the second half. And some good news maybe for the Reds, whose running game has really been slowed down of late. Marlins' catches have only thrown out of runners trying to steal the season. League average is up at 17. Uh, One big note on the Marlins, Jazz Chisholm has been out the last two games, uh, but the Marlins are hoping that he can return on Monday. Reds did play the Marlins early in the year. Reds took 2 of 3. That was a series back in mid-May. It was a very competitive series in Game 1. The Reds trailed 4-2 going to the 7th, but they came back and won 7-4. Reds scored 2 in the 7th, 3 runs in the ninth. Second game, the Reds trailed 4-3 going to the eighth. They came back to win 6-5 as Alexis Diaz stranded the bases loaded in the ninth inning. And then in game three, the Marlins won 3-1. to It was a scoreless game going into the sixth inning and in a start of Luke Weaver versus uh, Braxton Garrett that we'll see a rematch of on Tuesday. Reds have had some success against the Marlins. They are 17-7 against the Marlins since 2019. And the Reds are 9-2 in their last 11 games against the Marlins at Great American Ballpark. Marlins, they all start with their leadoff hitter, Luis Array. He is hitting 375 on the year. Uh, that is by far the best in baseball. Ronald Acuna is second at .343. Um, he uh, does not miss on swings, only missed on 8% of his swings this season. That's the best in the major leagues. The average is 25%. Percent, and he's chasing down so a little bit of history. No qualifying hitter has hit above 375 since Larry Walker hit 379 back in 299 and back in 1999. Uh, other players to watch for uh, the Marlins: both uh, Jorge Soler and new addition Jake Berger crush lefties, and both guys have 26 home runs, which puts them both tied for ninth in Major League Baseball. All right, Monday's matchup, it'll be Yuri Perez, the talented right-handed pitcher for the Marlins. He was a consensus top 15 prospect coming into the season, and he was great early in the year. On His season numbers are 5-3 and three with a 2.36 ERA, but the Marlins, they actually optioned him back to the minor leagues back on July 7th. That was in an attempt to limit his innings. Perez has only made two starts in the minors since then. He has a 7.94 ERA. Probably a little bit deceiving, though. He's only walked one batter and struck out 12. He threw 63 pitches in his last start uh, back on Tuesday, so not sure um, how long he'll be able to go on Monday. Perez, you might remember, actually made his major league debut against the Reds back on May 12th. He threw four and two-thirds innings, allowed two runs, Two home runs did strike out seven. Home runs were to Tyler Stevenson and Jake Fraley. For the Reds, it'll be Brandon Williamson. Uh, Williamson had gone eight straight starts nearly two months without allowing more than three earned runs in a start up until his last start when he allowed five earned runs at Wrigley against the Cubs, Uh, though though he did in that start only walk two batters and struck out seven. Last five starts overall for Williamson have been really good He's got a 3.60 ERA. Williamson has not faced the Marlins. And as mentioned, Solaire and Berger both crush lefties. But another guy, John Birdie, a speedster, having a really great year, hitting over 360 against lefties this season. All right, well, thank you so much for joining us here today for Chatterbox Reds. Uh, Hopefully our Reds can get back on track on Monday. If you could just take two seconds and leave us a quick five-star review wherever you're listening to this podcast. That kind of stuff really helps us out with all the metrics uh, and all that kind of stuff. So please, just take a couple seconds, leave us a five-star review, and we would really appreciate it. Well, Reds, of course, back in action at 6.40 on Monday night. That means Chatterbox Reds Live on YouTube Uh, will be going live around just after 9 o'clock. Trace Fowler, the boss, will be back in, so myself and Trace will break down the Reds game. And of course, if you missed that, Chatterbox Reds will be available in your podcast feed on early Tuesday morning as we are the only podcast with episodes the morning after every single Reds game. Well, I hope you have a fantastic Monday. And as always, go Reds.